as she um, makes this, uh, this little sound like that's her version of, hey, how's it going? And it's kind of like, what? <laughs> so it's cute. Cat lingo. Well, let's take this breath of love and gratitude together and be so grateful and thankful that the love of God is shining in our awareness and we are willing to recognize it, to give thanks for it, to honor it. We are grateful and thankful to come together for the holy purpose of living our true nature, our true identity as the perfect givers and receivers of love. We're opening our mind and our heart to the fullness of love, shining in a way that we can understand it, see it, recognize it, and give thanks for it. We're consciously attuning to the higher Holy Spirit self, and we're welcoming divine guidance and inspiration. So we come together for the purpose of healing. We come together for the purpose of living a more inspired, more fulfilling, more helpful life. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm so grateful to be with, with us here in class today. And I feel so energized. We have a new moon. And so the new moon energy is a beautiful time of planting seeds. Seeds that we would like to harvest at the next full moon or sometime later in our lifetime. So this is a great time to be consciously aware of what we were talking about in our prayer power classes, which is really that we're planting seeds in the divine mind all the time. And so it's a precious opportunity for us each and every day, all throughout our day, to pay attention to what are the seeds we're planting. And uh, this, this level of mind training is incredibly helpful and it uh, does get easier as it goes along. It gets a whole lot easier. So a couple of things that I'd like to do in our class today, I would like to uh, go over some logistical things and I would also like to open to uh, questions that you have that may not have been part of a class topic. And uh, so uh, th those are just some of the things that I'd like to do. So I'm going to just start with some of the list logistical things. Uh, next week, we're going to do another prayer power class, uh, an additional uh, class in that series. I have a number of things that I didn't get to cover in this series, and I, I, my guidance is to add one more prayer power class in this series. So that's what we'll be doing next week. And then, uh, as my guidance is right now, uh, to go to a series on forgiveness classes, 
and uh, which will intermingle with relationships, of course, <laughs> of course. And it'll also intermingle with self-love as a topic. So we'll be looking at forgiveness in, um, in a, a deep and beautiful way. And uh, that is deeply healing and transformative. Uh, so I, I look forward to doing that. And then we'll uh, most likely be going into building trust and faith. And so those are, and then we'll, we'll circle back in a certain sense, uh, most likely, and go into a, a longer series on relationships, relationships. And we may alternate some trust and faith with relationships. I, I, I really like to be very fluid and follow my guidance. I learned a long time ago that uh, if I get attached to any particular structure or sequence or what I think it should be, then I'm not doing my job well and that things go much better when I'm following my intuition and really going where the Holy Spirit is leading us. And so that's why every year in Masterful Living, we cover the same topics but not in the same way. It's new and fresh for me all the time. And uh, one of the things I can share with you, if you don't know this already, is that folks who are in year two, year three, and in Ascension Pathway, which is, in a sense, are just year four, five, six, seven, eight, um, they all have the option at no extra charge to listen and participate in these uh, classes. And this, uh, we, we call it year one just to make it easy, but it really is just the, the fundamental basic Masterful Living course. And, um, and many of them do re-listen to or listen to the year one classes uh, every year because going back over the same uh, material with fresh ears really helps them to uh, hear and know and feel and see more clearly the truth of life as it does for me. It's one of the reasons why I never get bored. God is never boring to me because God is always fresh and new. And uh, even though uh, it's unchanging, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and it's true. So those are some of the logistics. Um, uh, some other important things are if you're having any challenges with your prayer partner, will you please write to either Angela or Linda and probably preferably Angela uh, at jenniferhadley.com and uh, then she and I will meet and go over that and decide what to do. So Angela, jenniferhadley.com, if you're having any issues with your prayer partner. Uh, that's really important because sometimes people get a bit um, frustrated or uh, have trouble communicating. Sometimes people are reaching out to their prayer partners, but the emails don't go through and they don't know it and they don't do anything about it, and then the opportunity passes. So anything we can do to help you, just just let us know, please. Um, 
Okay, I'm going to um, also just share with you that with your prayer partners, I encourage you to rely upon the prayer partner guidelines in your mastery journals. So if you've never done that with your prayer partner, just in your prayer partner call, go through the guidelines. And uh, particularly the part about talking with each other about do-overs. People have told me so many times that this practice has been extremely helpful to them. And it makes for uh, powerful, transformative, healing conversations with prayer partners. So I encourage you to just re-look at those prayer partner guidelines. Uh, maybe you want to do that five or ten minutes before your prayer partner call. And so then you're up to date. You don't have to take a lot of time in your actual prayer partner call with the prayer partner guidelines. And uh, usually it's helpful also, speaking of guidelines, uh, to mention that uh, with Facebook uh, and, and with community calls and things like that, uh, one of the things that I, I feel guided for us to do in these uh, opportunities to connect with each other is with the Facebook group, as you know, in all of Masterful Living, no judgment. Uh, if we have judgments, we're owning them. So it's, of course, wonderful when people can say, uh, as uh, I hear the beautiful conversations in the community calls, people talking about realizing the judgments that they have and they're owning them and discussing them with people in their in their life and they're having a healing with them, and that's a beautiful thing. So, of course, we don't judge each other. We, judgments, we, we do have judgments of each other in our community calls and prayer partnerships in life. Of course we do. Um, we don't need to uh, believe they're right or even share them or talk about them. Uh, unless it can be really a healing experience. And that's where our Masterful Living uh, opportunities to connect in our Facebook group, in our prayer partnerships, in our mastery circles, in our study buddies, and even in our classes, it's an opportunity to practice being authentic. A lot of people fear being authentic because they think what being authentic would mean is that they would share all their complaints and judgments with everybody. In other words, a lot of people think that being authentic or transparent would mean sharing all, every um, every thought that they have. And uh, m most of us, at least for me, when I was uh, really beginning this work in earnest, hardly anything I had to that I was thinking was worth sharing with anyone. Um, I've got a bit more worth sharing now, and I'm, I'm grateful for that because uh, it's more interesting for me just to be my, in me and have my own experience of my own life. So um, in our Facebook group, for instance, um, and I'm not calling anyone out, <clears throat> but um, – uh, I know in, in historically uh, it can be from time to time that people will lapse into posting things 
without saying anything about it except I, I like this. I love this. I thought this was cool. And, and that's really just not what our Facebook group is for. Uh, it's fine if you love some video, some books, some piece of artwork, some something, uh, some website, any kind of a thing that you'd like to share. But give us a real sense of why it's important for us to be looking at it with you. Why is it so important to share? Um, because in, in our Facebook group, it's, it's all about spiritual healing. It's not about information and it's not about just sharing something that you like. Uh, now I will say it's wonderful, uh, over the years, many times people have posted, uh, pictures from their vacation and things like that. That can be wonderful. That can help us get to know you better. Um, but if people say, um, I recommend this book and post a link to the book, but they don't tell you why they recommend the book, why it was so meaningful to them in light of what we're doing in Masterful Living. So this is where we're refining our skill of, of sharing in the Facebook group. Uh, and of course that carries over to the community calls and to um, our prayer partnerships. And prayer partnerships are all one, every single one of them is unique. I have a number of prayer partners and my relationship with every single one of them is unique. And, um, and I have regular calls with my prayer partners <clears throat> and in our regular calls, uh, we are, we're sharing all kinds of things like you would with a friend. Uh, but we're also very clear we're getting together to pray and we can have a separate call to have a conversation about um, more social kinds of things. So each prayer partnership is unique. And uh, sometimes in prayer partnerships, uh, people can start really getting into advice for their prayer partner and that can alienate their prayer partner. And then, uh, the prayer partner doesn't want to have a call anymore. So um, other prayer partners practically fall in love with each other. They're so spiritually connected. They feel so uh, just copacetic and, and connected. So each one is unique. Don't judge prayer partnership by any one particular prayer partner. And we will, before too long, be changing prayer partners, and you'll have your second prayer partner of the year. And uh, sometimes when that change takes place, uh, I get some emails, or Angela gets some emails, because Angela and I do it together. Uh, so if you have any any kinds of questions or concerns or anything like that, if you can send send the prayer partner things to Angela and then we can, we meet and discuss them together. Uh, one of the uh, things that happens each year is when the second prayer partner time comes up and I haven't quite gotten that ding from the Holy Spirit yet, but it's coming. I can feel it. Um, 
because uh, in prayer partners you'll have um, ideally I'd like to see if everyone could have four prayer partners the, in the year four prayer partners in the year and people will say oh no I love this prayer partner I don't know what another one you don't have to drop your the prayer partner that you have you can add a new prayer partner so you can ask people who have been in Ascension Pathway for years. So they went through year one, year, and some people went through year one several times, uh, and then year two and year three and Ascension Pathway. And every year having four or five different prayer partners, you've had a lot of prayer partners over the years. Some they don't talk with anymore. They just aren't connected anymore and some they're talking to every week and some they're talking to almost every day so each person has different experiences with their prayer partners um, and still the guidelines are helpful and uh, I hear all the time people who've been prayer partners with each other for four or five years and they're still using those guidelines and love them so using doing the do-over and those kinds of things and uh, so you don't have to stop talking with one prayer partner when a new one comes along but you can according to how what feels good to you and your prayer partner some people like to have a different prayer partner every day of the week and some people really cultivate that if you would like to have more than one prayer partner, and many people do, then write to Angela and we'll, we'll get together and figure it out and match people. Because uh, that's a common thing, that people would like more than one prayer partner. Everybody's got different situations and circumstances. Some people are retired. Uh, some people are... Um, some people are on disability. Everybody has all different kinds of life experiences and people have different varying amounts of time for connection and community. And I think that's everything. Also, uh, if you do have any questions or concerns about your mastery circle, for instance, if if uh, I, ha I haven't heard about this, but, you know, if you felt like you wanted to change your mastery circle time because it wasn't convenient or any kind of thing like that, we can help you out with that. So that's, that's what we're here to do is to facilitate you having the best experience possible. Um, one of the things that um, I don't, like hearing when I do one-on-ones with people is they tell me something wasn't working for them months ago and they never said anything to anyone. So I, I don't, I, I don't feel like we're intimidating to talk to. It's, it's really about people feeling empowered and loving themselves enough to say, Hey, I'd like to have a different experience. Can you help me? So that's part of what Masterful Living is about, is loving ourselves so much that our self-esteem really grows. And people who have a very high self-esteem 
are able to ask for what they'd like and to say what they don't like uh, without whining, without complaining, without being afraid. And um, I, I notice about myself is that um, people will frequently point out to me, they'll say, wow, you just ask for what you like. And I th- I've, I've learned to, to, re- to, to understand that that is unique. But I, I feel good about asking for what I'd like. And uh, if I don't ask for what I'd like, how will people know? And what I absolutely know is the universe is for me and not against me. So it's important for me to have be clear about what I'd like. And many times people think they know what I'd like, but they are mistaken because they're projecting onto me what they would like in my situation or circumstance. And uh, I just see that that happens a lot, that people think they know what I'm thinking or what I'd like, and, and they don't actually know. And, and that's how it is in our human experience. And so really learning to listen is a big part of our curriculum as well, learning to speak clearly and to listen clearly. And that's one of the great benefits of our curriculum is we become far better communicators. And really good communication is uh, a great way to open up our experience of more love in our life. And that is, of course, meaning more healing in our life, more transformation and more transcendence of the mundane and the difficult, the challenging. Uh, uh, it, it, it really creates a very different experience of our life for us. All right. So I think I may have covered all my announcements and um, housekeeping and things like that. So I'd love to go on to whatever uh, any questions people have. Oh, I know. I'll say one more thing. I have not uh, gone over the classes with Corinne, but I I look forward to that. And I know people, a number of people told me that they they really enjoyed them. And and, uh, I I was um, contemplating this this morning, and I, I thought I would like to, uh, apologize in a sense because we were going to have a community call on uh, Monday after Easter, April 2nd, I think it was. And, um, and I kind of shoved in another class there. And I just, I like to offer as much as possible. And I, I felt that, uh, for, for people perhaps who aren't dealing with anxiety, they might not appreciate two classes with Corinne because uh, I have found that sometimes that people say, I don't want any guest teachers. I just want you, Jennifer. And um, I, but I thought, oh, this, I couldn't do just one, have Corinne do one class. My intuition said no, minimum of two. And so that's, how I, I worked that out. So apologies to anyone if that, that bothered you at all. All right. So let's see here. Uh, I see Nadia's raising her hand. And I see Stephanie there too. And I'm just going to, oh, there's Nadia. Okay. 
Hey. Hey. I just uh, wanted to ask you if you could touch on um, study buddies a little bit. Um, I have a great study buddy when we get together once a week. And we sort of right now, one week, we kind of like take turns. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> we kind of take turns sort of like um, doing offering something, bringing something to the table to sort of share. And it's lovely. Um, but I was wondering if you had any particular ideas in mind in terms of like how study buddy time, um, how you found it um, being utilized in a really great way um, in the past. And um, yeah, if you could just speak on that a bit, that'd be awesome. I, I can definitely speak on that. And I'm actually going to turn it over to Linda, who I see sitting there smiling. And um, wh why don't you respond to that, Linda? Because you've been so involved in that program, and it really grew out of your study buddy relationship with Lori. So take it away, Linda. Yeah. It's been a, a, a great experience for me, and um, I would venture to say that Lori would say the same thing, but we basically, um, our intention was to go through all of the workbooks. And so what, what we do is um, started at the very beginning of the first workbook uh, with the first uh, masterful inquiry. You know, I'm gonna interrupt you a second there, Linda. Okay. If you could just maybe give everybody a heads up of what what's coming uh, in terms of the study Buddy program and how it's going to be implemented. Oh, sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so we sent out surveys, and um, I believe we have uh, most of the responses in, and have um, paired people up depending on if they were interested in joining a small group or a large group. And um, I'm. I believe that we'll be able to get those started within the next couple of weeks. Um, we're just finishing up pairing some people. There were a, a few that uh, the times that they chose, nobody else chose them. So we're trying to figure the logistics out with that. Yeah. So yeah, we're really excited about it. <laughs> it's um, um, for those of you who joined the, um, homework classes that uh, Angela did, it just, it felt so good to be together as a whole community, all of the, you know, the new students all the way through the uh, Ascension Pathway students, and there was, it didn't seem like there was any, you know, like, um, looking down or talking down to each other, and it just felt like uh, a very bonding experience to have all of those people together as a community uh, at large. So, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And we're going to do a, um, a community call with all of the years, um, students and the alumni who are no longer in Masterful Living um, that are joining the Study Buddy program um, every four to six weeks. So um, I look forward to it seeing that unfold as well. But we're working on it, it should be very, very soon. 
And Linda, do you have any suggestions for people who are in Nadia's situation where they just went ahead and found a study buddy and began on their own? Um, well, uh, like I said, Lori and I were just, we were just going through the uh, masterful inquiries each week and, um, we would do the work and then get together the, the following week and we would share, um, everything that we wrote and we would talk about, um, how, uh, we found it applying to our life, um, where we were having any challenges or resistance um, where we had any, uh, insights and it was nice having her to, to bounce, um, uh, my stuff off of. And I think vice versa, because like she could see things that I could not see, um, talking about my week and what I found challenging and then reading what I wrote for the answers in the workbook. And we could see how they went together, you know? So um, it was very good experience for both of us. We've had a lot of growth from doing this study buddy work. So we're almost finished with the second workbook. We are, will complete it this coming Saturday and one more to go. Is that helpful to you, Nadia? Very helpful, thank you. You're welcome. So it, 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 in the next week or two, we'll be giving all, uh, we, we did the survey, we asked what people would like, uh, whether they would prefer to work in groups of two or three or larger groups. And we've been putting that together along with videos and uh, all kinds of different pieces and a format to follow. And so we anticipate that you'll be up and rolling with that by the end of the month. And so nobody's missed anything unless you missed the survey. If you missed the survey, write to admin at jenniferhadley.com. And I realize not everybody sees every email, every Facebook post, everything we try to do. When we, we, when we make an announcement, we try to make it on the website, on the Facebook group, and the email, all three, so that you're likely to see one of those three. But still, some people don't see any of them, and it, that's just how it is. <laughs> so, um, or people will read an email partially that will have several things in it and they don't read all the things. It's funny, it's laughable. The human experience is really laughable because uh, I know when we do the big living, of course, miracles classes and things like that, um, we will um, uh, sometimes we'll have an e when you send an email asking a question, we send back a list of frequently asked questions and answers and uh it's it's so common that people will respond to an email that and the email will be for the purpose of telling you when the class is and where to log in to access it and people will actually respond to that email and say when is the class and the information is in the email to which you are responding 
And, um, but, you know, I do the same thing. It's just our human experience that we, we don't always see everything carefully. So all of these things come up. But um, the only thing you really could have missed so far is the survey. Um, uh, and I think most of the people answered the survey. So uh, I know it was a while ago that we did that. I think it was probably back in February. And the other thing is, too, just to be uh, uh, to to be really um, clear about this, the study body program is new this year. The mastery circles program was new last year. And so we're always doing new things each year. And, um, and the way I did New Year's reboot this year was totally different than I've done it uh, for many years. And this is the 10th year. And so I'm always following guidance on how to improve things. And one of the things I'm, oh, uh, I'm, I'm truly interested in being mindful of is some people can take on a lot really fast and that works really well for them. Some people it's better to kind of amp up gradually. Uh, and not so that people don't get overwhelmed because it is a life adjustment for, for a number of people to enter into this masterful living community and curriculum. And uh, for some people, I, I know for instance, when I went into the practitioner training at Agape, I, uh, uh, when, when I, I remember in the first week of the training, I'd been in class for years in pre-practitioner classes and, um, my prayer partner, uh, uh, in my, in my, in that first term in the practitioner training, she and I were talking because they changed the parameters of the class, uh, at the beginning of our class. And they said, um, that where we had in, we had an internship requirement now that was going to be uh, two hours a week. And my prayer partner said, uh, gosh, if I had known we were going to have to do this two hours a week, I, I, you know, I have to volunteer now to be of service in this, in one of these ministries now, two hours a week. I, I wouldn't have joined this program if I had known I had to do that. And at that time, I thought to myself, I, I think I'm actually volunteering 15 to 20 hours a week. So, like, if I cut back to two hours a week, that would be amazing. That, like, my whole life would be different. Not better, but just so different. But for her, two hours a week was, like, this huge deal. So, because we all just have different life, different life experiences, and we have different levels of energy and attention. So I, I really, I, I depend upon people's feedback and, uh, my own intuition to not overwhelm. And I also trust God's timing. Uh, as Linda probably knows, 
I, I tend to be kind of somebody who's like, come on, let's get this going. Let's get this going. Why is it taking so long? What's happening? What's happening? And um, I, I find on a daily basis that I do not have a good understanding of time. I don't. I seem to have a very um, challenging relationship with time at times. And uh, I, it, 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 almost every day there's something where I realize, oh, yeah, I just uh, not understanding how time works. And, um, but I've, I've learned to trust God's timing not my ego's desire to uh, see the results or get it going. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So I, I know there's a bunch of things in the chat, but I hope that uh, everything got covered. And, um, and Linda, we need to let GJ know to check the, the survey if, more people are going to be filling it out today. But I really think almost everybody filled it out. Very few people did not. So, uh, Stephanie had a question, I believe. Yes. Hi, Jennifer and everyone. Um, would you um, give us some insight to true empathy? and how to be of service to people without, and still be compassionate without falling for the illusion. Yes. And just, I just remembered one more thing uh, logistically. So let me just do that for a second, Stephanie. The one-on-one -on -one check-ins with me. Uh, so I sent out an email last week. People started signing up for them. What happens is I, I can post 10 hours with an appointment and they get filled like that, right? And then people are like, what happened? There's nothing available. So just keep checking back or you can write to admin. Uh, but I do the one-on-one -on -one check-ins really over a period of two months because I'm not able to do a hundred out, you know, uh, 50, 60, 70 uh, appointments in a very short period of time. It's not humanly possible for me to add that kind of time into my schedule and on top of everything else. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of comes in spurts and things like that. So, um, I realize that that's a little bit frustrating for some people. And uh, I also will uh, put a bunch of appointments out there for a couple of weeks, but I, I don't do it for six or seven weeks because then I find there's more likely to be more uh, rescheduling and cancellations. And uh, that uh, I don't like to do. So it's, um, I do the best I can. And I'm sorry to, for anyone for whom it's frustrating. And do remember too that these, these are, these check-ins with me are totally optional. They're not required. They're no extra charge. 
it's just an opportunity for us to talk one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, sometimes it's the only way I really get to talk with someone because of what time zone they're in or things like that. And so I, I really look forward to them. I enjoy them a great deal. And um, but don't don't feel stressed about it, and don't feel like you have to get it in right away. I will keep keep letting you know when more times are available, and you can also keep checking back. And if you feel an urgency about it, write to admin, and we'll definitely do what we can to uh, facilitate that for you. Happy to do that. So Stephanie is asking about true empathy. So here is what I have found most helpful regarding empathy because I'm, I'm a very um, empathic person. And uh, what I didn't know for a very long time was that one of the great challenges of my life was I was very sensitive to other people's feelings and other people's energy and I was judging it or feeling enmeshed with it in ways that were not helpful or healthy to me and uh, I didn't understand what was going on. So there, I think the most helpful way to talk about empathy is to talk about sympathy, compassion, empathy, uh, and talk about them together uh, to help understand the picture, the big picture of what we're talking about. So I'm going to sort of give it a broader discussion, Stephanie, to, to support everybody in the group. So, uh, and some of you who've taken uh, Finding Freedom, you, you'll remember me talking about this in Finding Freedom. So when we have sympathy for someone, we're essentially looking down on them and the we're often thinking oh poor them when we're having sympathy so we're in a place of judgment and it might not be the judgment that they're bad or wrong it just might be oh they've got a terrible problem poor them my sympathies my sympathies and Sympathy actually is not helpful at all. It's, it's counter to being helpful. Uh, sympathy is almost like a burden, a blanket of, of uh, judgment that you lay on someone. And, of course, that's not the intention, not at all. So we don't judge people who talk about having sympathy. That wouldn't just be mirroring judgment, not helpful at all. But recognizing that one of the things in this world, uh, the ego system, it's, is that uh, we've been trained to think that one of the ways that we express love and compassion is to say, poor them, poor you, um, and to say, that really what is happening is so, so sad and so, so wrong and so, so bad. And uh, to lay all these judgments on people and their situations and circumstance. 
And judgment is just never helpful. <clears throat> it's really never helpful at all. And um, there are many people, however, who in their way of approaching the world, they uh, approach it as a victim. I'm a victim in this world. I'm uh, in a near constant state of crucifixion and betrayal, that kind of thing. Life is betraying me. My body is betraying me. My relationships are betraying me. Uh, it's a constant form of uh, never-ending sense of crucifixion. And uh, those people can thrive on the negative attention of sympathy. It's that idea of the negative attention is better than no attention at all. But when people are looking at us and saying, uh, poor them, poor them, it, it just doesn't help. It really doesn't help. It's, it's really looking at someone and saying, they're in lack and limitation, but they're not. They might have lack and limitation thinking, <clears throat> but we don't really know what's going on with them. Uh, generally, it's just the case. We really don't know what anything is for. Lesson 25 in the course, so helpful to me. I, I, I really learned to just say all the time, I don't know what anything is for. I do not know. I do not know. And we can look at things like the um, recent massacre in the uh, high school in Florida uh, with the, the children and them rising up as activists. So initially, the massacre happens and we think, this is horrible. This is a nightmare. We should protect these children, whatever the judgments might be that are coming up, that are our reactions to what we perceive is going on. And, uh, and the ripples of energy, feeling the ripples of energy of suffering from the community and people all over the world who are empathetic with the victims and their families. All understandable. And yet, what's helpful is to be able to, and this is very challenging, to be able to say there is some good in this. I'm claiming it with these children and their families. I'm claiming it for them. And I'm claiming it for all humanity that this is something that will ultimately bring benefit. And the benefits are unfolding right here, right now. And I declare it to be so. I am eager to see it, to know it, to feel it. That, uh, like it says in Lesson 135, Paragraph 18 of A Course in Miracles, what could you not accept if you but knew that everything was gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? It's like uh, I, I, in the Manual for Teachers, I really recommend everybody reads Chapter 4, Section A, Development of Trust, uh, where in there it says very similar statement. It says that um, it, it takes great learning and willingness to recognize that 
everything is working together for your good. All circumstances and situations, everything without exception. Uh, also in the course, it says, uh, everything works together for good. There are no exceptions except in the opinion of the ego, in the judgment of the ego. So we are training ourselves to look at everything and say, everything is working together for good. I might not be able to comprehend it in this moment. I might not be interested in seeing it in this moment. In this moment, I might just be interested in saying, I don't like children being massacred in their school. You know, we can be with our feelings in that moment uh, and aspire to see something higher. So that's why the prayer for the highest and best for all, that's what's helpful to people. And to know the highest and best for all is what we're calling forth. It's what we're accepting. It's what we're allowing. It's what's occurring. So initially that massacre was so overwhelming energetically and upsetting for many, many, many people. Totally understandable. And that upset had a purpose. And that purpose is unfolding. And what's unfolding is something that's very, very helpful. And the catalyst was children being murdered. Do we wish children to be murdered? No, we do not. Do we wish for catalysts for change and growth, more peace, more love, more joy to occur in our lives? We do. So the conflict is when we're judging what looks like a horrible nightmarish event and saying no good is in that. We don't know. We do not know. And I know in my own life, there have been many experiences that were deeply painful for me at the time that in hindsight, I can see were absolutely necessary catalysts for my growth. That if those things hadn't happened, I might have stayed complacent, complaining, or stuck, or whatever place I was. But the the painful catalyst for change propelled me forward. So one of the objectives that we set in Masterful Living is to stop learning through pain and to stop learning even through experience. Of course, I want to learn from all experiences, but to not have that be how we expect to learn. Instead, we are choosing to remember is everything that's known in this universe of how to transcend uh, laboring in vain. It's known to us. It's in our mind. It's there. And there's a veil in our mind that's keeping us from remembering it. But this is what we're learning to do in Masterful Learning. We're learning to make this turn from having to figure things out and understand them through the egoic experience of um, doing things in form to having direct insight and remembrance.
So part of your practice that I'm really strongly encouraging you to engage in here is to start to give thanks every day when you notice you have an aha. When you notice you have an insight or an intuition about something, not just taking it for granted, but actually going, oh, thanks, God. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Thank you, higher self. Thank you. Yes, this is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in insight. I'm interested in clear memory of the truth. This is what I'm interested in. I'm so grateful to be able to have this clear insight and to um, access the wisdom without having to labor in the lower vibration of density of form. That's really, really valuable to us. So, sympathy, and then there's empathy, is the next level up from sympathy. So in empathy, traditional empathy is really, we're feeling other people's feelings. We're feeling what they feel. I feel your pain is a statement of empathy. I feel you, brother. So, and, and this is the thing. Many, many people who come into class with me, they're empaths. They're very empathetic. They can feel other people very strongly. And they are uh, often re reacting to other people's emotional ups and downs and things like that. So one of the things we learn through Masterful Living is to have more dominion over our feeling body so that we're not feeling other people's pain. So I can say as someone who I used to use that as a method of relating to people, I would actually consciously take my energy and merge it with other people's in order to feel their pain in order to take that feeling of their pain and trace it back to how did this pain begin? What are the thought patterns? I did it all intuitively. And after doing that for a while, when I first started counseling people, I realized, well, this is not a good idea for me to do this anymore. So I stopped doing it, and I realized I can just say to spirit, what do I need to know to help this client? What, what would you have me say to them? Just like in the truly helpful pair. Well, I'm here only to be truly helpful, to represent, to represent God who sent me. God will tell me where to go, what to say, what to do. I don't have to worry. I'm all in. Yay, God. And so I, I can, I do that in my, my life, in all areas of my life now. How can I be helpful here? And I, I don't have to, do the egoic use of my intuition of figuring it out. And, oh, when I was doing that, figuring out what was the root cause and, and trying to um, feel it as a way of discerning it uh, in form, because our, our emotions, our feelings and all that, it's really part of the experience in form. Thought is, is a part of form. Instead, I, I realized 
oh, this, this is not helping me, and it's not the most helpful thing for them either, for me to mirror their pain and vibrate with their pain and take it on, even temporarily. Instead, it's far more helpful to me and my client if I just go to spirit and say, what's helpful here? What do I need to learn from this? What do, what can I share with them that will be helpful? And it's far more effective. And it stopped me from feeling other people's pain. Now, I can say in my day-to-day living experience of working with so many people and just living with family and uh, relating to friends and clients and all kinds of things and all these situations are just going to the grocery store and talking with someone in the grocery store or whatever I might be doing in my life. I can sense when uh, all kinds of stuff is going on around me, but I don't have to engage with it. I don't have to intrigue with it as a way of, feeling powerful or connected. I don't need to do any of that. So I can sense that people are going through. I I work with people, as you might imagine, who are going through deeply painful experiences. Their spouse dies. Their child dies. All kinds of things. Their house burns to the ground. All kinds of things, right, That, that people in my life are dealing with that are, intensely upsetting and painful to their ego, Uh, financial loss and ruin and betrayal and all kinds of things on a daily basis. And I don't feel their pain, but I recognize it. I sense what's going on without taking it on, without vibrating with it. So how do I do that? It's what helps me the most is knowing that what they're going through is in some way, it it is perfectly designed for their spiritual growth and expansion. And I trust that. I have absolute 100% faith in that. Sometimes I'm shocked. You know, someone tells me their their parent died, their child died, their what whatever happened. It's shocking. I feel the shock of it. My mind reels at the thought of it. But I I I don't have to take it on into feeling in my emotional body feeling pain. Uh, there are times when I'm it it things do feel deeply sad and i just start crying um and i i to me it feels like an empathetic response i'm just it just moves me um but i'm able to do that and still clearly know that something good is occurring. That there's no part of this life, no matter what we witness, that is bad. 
people make unloving choices, but God will turn it to good in the end. I may not be able to see how in my intellect, but I can feel it in my heart. And I feel like that's part of my job in this world is to know that everything works together for good. And there are no exceptions. Part of my job is to make no exceptions, allow for no exceptions. It's tempting sometimes, but not so much anymore. And um, so what A Course in Miracles calls true empathy, I would call compassion. And compassion is loving understanding. And love is our healer. Why is love our healer? Love is our healer because love is what we are. So when we're being loving, when we're receiving love, when we're in the flow of giving and receiving love, we're being refreshed and we're being renewed and restored in our true identity. So this is why judgment cuts us off from the flow of abundance and prosperity and happiness and joy and freedom and the all good of God. And when we seek the kingdom first, which is really to live from our loving heart and to have no false idols, then everything is added unto us. Because the wisdom, the joy, the freedom, the harmony, the prosperity, the abundance, all those spiritual qualities that are in the list there in your workbook that we talked about a few uh, month ago or so in the prayer power classes, those spiritual qualities, that's, that's our true nature. They're all different aspects of love. Love is what we are. So prosperity is an aspect of love. Mother Mary actually represents true abundance with, because abundance is the immaculate heart. That's how true abundance is really expressed when our heart is fully giving and receiving love without resistance and without exception. That is true abundance. And when that's how we're operating in our life, prosperity and having all needs met is an absolute given. There's no lack whatsoever. So we cultivate the immaculate heart in order to experience true abundance. So compassion is loving understanding. It's really, it's offering understanding and love together. That's what compassion is. So compassion, like love itself, is deeply healing. I, I, I went through a long period in my life where somebody would come to me, a friend, a loved one would come to me and tell me their problem. And I would, without hesitation, I would go right into, let's solve that problem. And for a long, long time, I didn't notice that people didn't like my approach. I, it took me a long time to learn that when people come to me with their challenges, what they really would like is they'd like some compassion. 
maybe they'd like some help solving the problem. But if I go right to giving advice and solving the problem, then basically I'm not acknowledging what they're actually going through. And that's not very loving. It's not very kind. And I'm also, in, in a very real sense, affirming that they don't know how to deal with what's going on in their life, that they're lacking in something. They're lacking in intelligence or perspective or information, and they need help. But everyone has uh, God to help, spirit to help, and uh, the angelic realms, the ascended master realms. There's all kinds of uh, help and assistance for people in the invisible. And part of our progress in this world is learning to, to call upon the invisible for support. So I've learned that when people come to me with their problems, I, I, I tell the story one time, a friend said, had, had something that happened to her, somebody actually attacked her um, uh, in a very public way, not physically, but attacked with accusations and things like that in a very public way that was intent, uh, uh, intending to be extremely destructive and attacking. And my friend called me up and told me what happened, what this person did to her. Uh, and, um, and before I could say anything, she said, I know you're going to tell me I have to forgive them, but I, I don't want to think about that now. So d let's not try and solve this now. I just need to tell you what I'm going through. And, and I've really learned that most of the time, that's really what people would like. If you would like to dramatically improve your difficult relationships, Stop giving advice. Just stop it. Occasionally somebody will say, do you have any idea what I should do? What do you think I should do? And then you can say, well, if it were me, maybe what I would do, or you could say, you know what, I had a similar situation and here's what I did. But not ever saying, you know what you should do? Um, and my, my, my former sarcastic personality, when people would say, you know what you should do, Jennifer? In my mind, I'd say, well, we could talk about that, but first let me tell you what you should do. And it's two words, and the first one begins with F, and the second one begins with O. You know, I just was, I couldn't stand it when somebody would, in their arrogance, tell me what I should do. You have no idea what I should do. Talk to the hand. So now I get that when people say something like that to me, because people still say, tell me what I should do. It's like, okay, their ego wants to tell me something. Who knows? Everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. Who knows? Maybe their ego... It's going to express something to me that will be helpful to me. Let me not take offense. Let me practice patience and tolerance and non-judgment. Let me not judge the judger. So 
I, I've, I'm feeling to come back to you, Stephanie. So there's a, a long circle around. And to see if you can um, uh, have a follow-up question. That was actually very, very helpful um, because it seems like in each situation, people really do just want to talk. And I really try not to give advice. And I try afterwards to let go of my expectation of the situation or my desire of how I want to see things change. And that's still a, a bit of a struggle for me too. And then as you were talking too, since it's still a struggle for me to trust in God's will, um, I'm looking forward to our future classes because I've, I've been told by spirit that I'm not trusting, that I'm not completely trusting and and so that's also a block in my own belief system that prevents me from believing that the best is there for the people who I see in pain. So thank you. You explained very well about being present without getting emotionally attached to the situation and without offering advice when it's not asked for. Yeah, and, and you know, what's been so helpful to me, Stephanie, is realizing that when, when it, it's a, what's going on is upsetting to me, and it could be anywhere, any place, any time. It could be, I'm, oh, I don't like standing on this line at Starbucks. You know, it could be that um, I don't like seeing whatever this is on the news. It could be any number, or it could be, um, my friend's baby died. It could be any number of things that's bothering me. It's bo what's bothering me is not what's happening. I am not upset for the reason I think, right? Lesson four. I, I'm not upset because of what I see on the screen of my life. I'm upset because of my interpretation of it. And now, the, here's the really important thing in this, and this is life-changing. The upset is an indicator that I have a healing opportunity right now. Let me not avoid it. Let me not misinterpret it. Let me not ignore it. Let me not self-medicate it. Let me embrace it and choose the healing. So whether I'm annoyed because somebody um, is blocking the traffic or I'm annoyed because, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example from my own life, okay? Yesterday, I'm taking this um, Kundalini yoga teacher training. And um, I really love Kundalini yoga, and it was just a way to immerse myself more. And then when we go on retreats and things like that, I can teach Kundalini yoga as part of our trainings and retreats, which I think will be helpful to people. So um, we had uh, a prayer gathering. It's called a sadhana 
uh, yesterday morning at 5.30 a.m. And uh, so we were having it at this place that we had never had it before. And I, 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 I don't know if I can, so I went down the street to park and I saw my friend's cars parked on the opposite side of the street. It was 5.15, there were no other cars there. And they had probably come down the street and pulled a Yui so that we were all facing the same way. And then we had a place to go uh, we were going to then have breakfast and then go to the yoga studio afterwards. Okay. So I parked in back of my other friends there. So we did our sadhana for hours of prayer and chanting and all that, which was awesome. And then we went to breakfast and we had breakfast, which was also wonderful. And then um, when we went to our cars, my car had been towed. And my friend's car was on the tow track, and the other friend, her car was next. And uh, we were like, whoa, what's going on here? And um, the cop was there, and the tow truck guy, and the cop said, you parked the wrong way on a one-way street. What none of us realized was we came, this, the first block of this street was two-way, and the second block was one-way. And unless you happen to see the one-way sign or you knew it from some time before, you would have no way to know that it was not a two-way street. Like it just suddenly stopped being a two-way street. So, you know, we made a common mistake. We learned later that this happens all the time. I probably wouldn't have pulled a Yui and parked behind my friends if they weren't parked going the wrong way. And so, um, but my car got towed first because it was in the back. My friend who was the lead car, who in a sense was the reason why we parked behind her and pulled the Yui, she was very upset and couldn't let it go. Uh, she wanted the tow truck guy to take her car off because she was there and he wasn't going to do it because he already he made 250 bucks and She's going to have to go to the police station the next day, which we did this morning. And then we went to the tow place this morning and got our cars. And uh, I just said to the cop when he told us what happened, I said, well, you know, I'm 58 years old. I've never had my car towed. I've got a pretty good record. I'm pretty happy about that. So here's my first. It was a beautiful morning. I was all prayed up. I had a good breakfast. Yeah, okay. My car's towed. I'll figure it out. It's it's okay. It's not a big deal. We're about to go spend the whole day doing yoga together. How fun is that? And so I was fine. One of our other friends said, I can give everybody a ride to the studio. or what, And it was all good. I was not bothered even a tiny little bit. And people were like, yeah, it's going to be $250, though. Like, trying to convince me to be upset. It was $250. And I said, yeah, but I, I know how this universe works. It's not my $250. It, you know, God's going to give me $250 or $500,000 or whatever from some other. It, it's it, it's just how it works. I, I remember, um, oh, maybe eight years ago or something like that. I took a spin class in Hollywood and 
it was uh, an hour class and it was, we had one hour parking meters. So I set my timer on my thing and I got back right back to that car 62 minutes later and I had a $50 ticket. And I said, geez, what, welcome to Hollywood. You know, what are they sitting there waiting for the meter to expire? I mean, geez, that's not very loving. You know, that's not very community building to sit on people's meters like that and wait for them to expire to get your ticket quota in. And I was annoyed by it. And I wrote something on Facebook. You know, this is my experience. 62 minutes on my timer, and I've got a $50 ticket. And my favorite comment on Facebook ever, somebody wrote, sometimes you just have to give the matrix a cookie. And I, I read that sometimes you just have to give the matrix a cookie, a $50 cookie. And I thought, yeah, that feels true to me. You just have to give the matrix a cookie and is it going to bother you or not? And so the tow truck didn't bother me. And later yesterday, my friend Barbara, who was the lead car, uh, who parked, uh, the wrong way. And we all followed her. At the end of the day, she was still angry and upset about it. And I just, because she's in the yoga training with me, I said, uh, I just said she wanted to come to my forgiveness workshop next weekend in New York. I said, you know, Barbara, I'm just, I'm going to tell you this just because you're telling me that you're upset. And I, I just invite you to, look at are you really upset because you feel guilty that you didn't read the sign you're just mad at yourself but you're taking it out on the tow guy and she said well you're probably right about that i said so just forgive yourself i said barbara i don't care i haven't even thought about it since this morning go home and have a good night's sleep and we'll 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 go to the place together in the morning it was pouring delusion just a deluge of rain we were getting emergency alerts on our phone and we went to the police station everybody was so nice there and helpful and she didn't have the right information and she had to have things faxed and i hung out with her and we took care of it and um oh oh i know an important part of the story so yesterday morning when i talked to the cop you know, and I said, so I guess I'm doing pretty good. I've only been towed once in my life. I feel good about that. And um, that's not so bad. You know, we're going to go do our yoga today. And um, and I and I said to him, thanks for being so nice about it. And I don't know that he was super nice about it before I got there with my friends who got there first because they were a bit they were agitated. And um you know, he kind of listened to us talking to each other for a minute or two. And then he said, you know what? I haven't written anybody's tickets yet, so I'm not going to write the tickets. So you're not going to have, you don't have to pay the $60 ticket. And I was like, oh, that's so nice of you. You know, and then he felt better about himself and everybody felt a little better. And we went on our way. So I, I bet you a hundred, a hundred percent that he would not have done that 
had I not been so like, hey, you know, it's not so bad. It's okay. And he was like, so he reciprocated. His energy shifted. I was loving. Ah, he said, oh, you know, in his heart, well, I can be loving. I can be compassionate. This is, I can give something back here. And um, I can be magnanimous. I can be generous. But when we're, we see a situation and we're angry and upset by it, then people, if we're blaming people for it, it's not his fault or the tow guy's fault that we parked the wrong way. He said, I thought you were a bunch of drunks and you were trying to sober up in the Starbucks across the street. And when I, when he found out, no, we were all in prayer together, you know, and we were cheerful. He, he, he changed his tune. So, the universe is, is uh, going to mirror us back all the time. If we don't like what we see on the screen of life, we seek not to change the world, but to change our mind about the world. And that is what changed the, changes the world. And compassion, like I had compassion for the cop. I really did. I had compassion for the tow guy, too. <coughs> and I had compassion for my friends. So I just, that was my job in that moment, to have compassion for everybody, to be lighthearted about it, and to be understanding that they didn't feel, not everybody felt lighthearted about it. And having compassion is loving understanding, not trying to change anybody, not trying to change anybody. Like my friend who was upset most of the day, I really wasn't trying to change her at all. But just to let her know that she had an option to realize I was not upset with her. She said, well, I do feel responsible that you have to pay $250 to get your car back. And I said, you know, Barbara, it just doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not blaming you. It doesn't matter. It really didn't matter. And the thing is to be able to do that when it's your last 250 bucks and still know that everything works together for your good. That's challenging, but it's doable. And when we can do it, when it's our last 250 bucks, then we're placing our trust in God. And when we place our trust in God, Faith is what we're building. And when we're building faith in God rather than our perception of life, then we are changing our mind. We're changing our vibration. And then we are going to be living a different life. So trust is making the decision in the moment we're always placing our trust in something. We can place it in the ego or we can place it in love. It's up to us and we are making that decision hundreds of times a day. So in Masterful Living, we are working towards placing our trust in love more often than not. It's okay if you put your trust in the ego and then you go, oh, I went down that road again. Uh, that wasn't helpful. 
then in that moment we have self-compassion which is healing and we love ourselves back into our right mind and we drop the judgment and stephanie if you would like support in trust right away i'm sure there are a few episodes of the radio show that i uh, i have about great i love the radio show i'll check them out thanks jennifer you're welcome yeah. so you know at living forward slash radio you can search keyword trust or faith can you do it on the podcast um app in your phone you know i think that you can let me just see here i'll do it right now and i'm also going to do a quick share screen um actually maybe somebody else can do that you could do that and i'm just going to set it up so people can see what i'm talking about with the uh radio show Stephanie, just to let you know, you can do the search in Stitcher or um, Podcast Addict, but it's not very thorough. I've done some searches, and it'll pop up a couple episodes, but I don't think it's as, um, as thorough as uh, Jennifer's setup. So, yeah, I can't I, – oh, sorry. I can't seem to um, find out how to search in just the podcast app in um, my phone. So basically, I could go to the internet site with Living a Course in Miracles and then search from there. I see search episodes. Okay. Yeah. So let's just see. I'm going to put in faith. So you can see here. Mm -hmm. Trust and faith. Quite a few things. Oh, and even a second page. Oh, and there's development of trust. Yeah. Lots of episodes. Great. Well, yeah. of course, development of trust caught my, caught my eye too. So I'll check that out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. Yeah. Thank you. You're so welcome. <sighs> All right, we're at time here. Um, and I, I also, I'd just like you to know, you really can ask me a question, any question, anytime. When I have a very um, precise topic uh, that I'm doing, I, I try to stay on topic, uh, but really always take the opportunity to ask me a question and for those who can't join live, you can email me a question. And um, I do encourage people who um, uh, would like to still send, you can still send me your contract, uh, what you'd like to say at the end of the year. Uh, send all those things when you want to just go direct to me, mlc at jenniferhadley.com. And... Um, All right, so let's pray. So grateful and thankful 
for the love of God shining in our mind. So grateful and thankful that we can be truly helpful, that we can be truly compassionate in a healthy, helpful way, extending love and understanding. We partner up, we reach up to the higher Holy Spirit self, welcoming divine insight and inspiration into our awareness. What I know for each and every one of us is we're shedding the old habits and identifications that don't serve us anymore. And we are gracefully, like a butterfly opening its wings, stepping into our uh, our flight and our expansion as spiritual beings. We are ready to fly. We are saying yes to living a life of profound love and true joy. Everything we need is being provided to us. We welcome the prosperity. We welcome the wholeness. We welcome the freedom. We welcome the joy. We welcome the peace of mind. We welcome the deep abiding faith. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our spiritual expansion with all beings because we are one with them. In deep gratitude, we let the healing be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. Mwah! Much love to you.